0: The is dedicated to the who died approximately uh, a month ago. And uh, But we do know his son, I Weiss, who uh, sometimes came to Shia, sometimes didn't come to Shia. <laughs> and uh, apparently his father is a very remarkable person. Well known in Montreal, we did a lot of work, especially for youth in, uh, in Montreal, Jewish youth trying to kind of formulate the modern day responses to all the difficulties that kids have with being a Jewish or being fruit. So we're happy to have this opportunity. Uh, what I want to talk about tonight is Yaakov Avinu, but not what we usually talk about, when we talk about Yaakov Avinu, which are, uh, you know, his great achievements and, and the things that he did in, er, in, in uh, Padana Ram and the things he did in Eretz Kinnan. But I, I would like to talk about how we view Yaakov Avinu on his way to and in Eretz Mitzray. Like, like Yaakov Avinu somehow had to end his life in Mitzrayim, there was not, uh, and th- there was no particular reason that we see for that. I mean, the brothers, Yosef, there could have been some sort of ruse that got everybody to Mitzrayim, and Yaakov Avinu could have been exempted. After all, he lived a uh, full, difficult, long life. Why did he have to end it? Why did he have to end it in Mitzrayim? And and the first Pasuk of note is a Pasuk at the end of the parasha, at the very end of this week's parasha. So this Pasuk divides up into three parts, each one of the parts significant. The first part is, Vayeshev Yisrael, Beretz Mitzrayim, Beretz Goshen. Vayeshev. Now that word Vayeshev reminds us of the word Vayeshev in a previous parasha, in the parasha Vayeshev. And there, if you look at the the next source, Breshit Perek Lamed Zayin, it says Vayeshev Yaakov V'Eretz Megurei Aviv, V'Eretz Kina Vayeshev. Now the word Vayeshev seems to us to be calm, sedentary, the finishing, he finished what he was supposed to do, he came back to Eretz Yisrael, he had a fight or standoff with Esav, he established himself and his family in the land of his father and his grandfather, by The next Pasuk, Pasukhet, Eyla Toldot Yaakov Yosef. So we all know that this is a problem of interpretation. Eiletoldot Yaakov. Eiletoldot Yaakov, there should be Ruvain and Shimon and Levi Yuda. And yet in the Pasuk it says Yosef. Yosef comes and 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 it becomes the Toldot of of Yaakov. And then there's a story about Yosef. Um, Rashi. Rashi. We learned this Rashi. But Rashi at the end, you see the underlying part of the, the Rashi. says It says, There is a further, a further way to understand this idea by Yeshev Yaakov. A further way. And what is a further way? Vikesh that Vayeshev doesn't mean that he was in peace that he had accomplished what he's supposed to accomplish that he was finished with whatever it was that he had started but Vayeshev means he wanted to be finished he wanted to be done he wanted to be able to say, he wanted to be able to say, I've lived my life and done a good job. But what happened? What happened, Rashi? Back to the Rashi. Uh, Omer. Allah uh, <laughs> Yosef. The anger of Yosef, or the anger that Yosef produced, right, the anger that Yosef produced between himself, Yosef, and his brothers, Love. It 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 darkened his days. It made it, up, it impossible for him to relax and to rest. Right? So that the word vayeshev according to Rashi has two meanings. Could have two meanings. One is peaceful, calm, pleasant, finished, retired, right? That's Vayeshev. But there's another kind of word vayeshev. And that word means wanted to. Wanted to relax. Wanted to sit. Wanted to be alone. But Yosef prevented him because Yosef came back from telling these stories about his brothers and then telling all his dreams and that caused a rift in the family and Yaakov had to negotiate and he had to figure out a way to make everybody happy so that the the peace and quiet that Yaakov sought and that he was certain that he deserved, he didn't get. So now, if we have that in mind, right, yeah. we have that in mind, we go back to the first Pasuk the sheet. Vayeshe Yisrael So what does that mean? Since there is no limiting factor on the Vayeshe in this Pasuk, as there is in the Pasuk in Vayeshe, Vayeshe, blah, 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 and then Yosef, Yosef stopped the by y- Yosef turned it around, but here there's nobody who turns it around. So it is always say, where did Yaakov find peace and quiet and pleasant, pleasant time and retirement? Where was that? Oh, that was Be'eretz Mitzrayim, Be'eretz Goshe. Be'aretz Mitzrayim, Be'aretz, Be'aretz, Mitzrayim, Be'aretz Second, the second part of the Pasuk, Va'yochazuba, Zubah What do you say what, what ye- You grab onto something what, what is it referring to What was grabbed on by whom The land Was grabbed on to By Yaakov And his sons Right Plural Yaakov the family Family Yaakov Grabbed onto the land which land? The land of Egypt. Something that the Avot always had difficulty with. Abraham, Ra'av. He ran away because of the famine. Yitzchak wanted to run as his father ran to Eretz Mitzrayim, but in fact, how far did he get? To Eretz Also because of the famine. Yaakov was in great fear of his brother Esav, and he ran, he, Yaakov, Ran to, ran to, uh, Padanaram. He couldn't stay in Eretz Yisrael. So that, Vayochazubah, that's the first time we see this verse. who held on to what? The brothers, the family, held on to the land of Egypt. And the Pasuk is rubbing it in. It's saying that, where didn't they hold on? Where was it not possible for them to be part of the land, one with the land in Eretz Canaan? But all of a sudden, in Eretz Yis Eretz in Eretz Yisrael, in they're able to grab onto the land in such a way that they were not able to grab on earlier. So now, uh, the third part of the pasuk: Vayifru, vayevul maot. The notion that by they were fruitful and they multiplied. This notion has something to do with creation and with creation as it should be. Creation, Adam Harishon, the first mitzvah, the first directive, pru orvu Noach. After he came out of the tevat of the ark, the first directive was. Pru or vuh. Avram Avinu heard from a Kaddish What was the bracha? Was one of the two brachos that Avram got that Yitzchak, and then Yaakov? What bracha did they get? They got the that that zaracha will be kikoch vehashavai. They'll be like the stars in the skies. There'll be an endless number of them, an endless number of them. So so that pru or vu relates me to creation as it should be and most specifically to Am Yisrael as it should be so that when you say these are things that didn't happen did not happen to B'nai Yisrael in Eretz Canaan I mean when Yaakov Avinu went down with 70 people to Mitzray that was the the maximum number of people that Am Yisrael knew since Avram Avinu 70, 70 people and yet It says in the pasuk, if it's right. Is that why it's called Israel here? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, you're right that it's a question. But it could be. It could be that you're right. Hmm. I didn't say it, but it may be right. (laughs) Okay, so we see a pasuk. We read a pasuk. And that pasuk tells me a lot of things that I don't understand. Why would the Torah tell me that Yaakov al reached the pinnacle of his achievement in every way possible at Eretz Mitzrayim and not at Eretz Kinnah? Wasn't Eretz Mitzrayim a place for punishment, a place for kind of downplaying the importance of Am Yisrael, something that B'nai Yisrael had been to learn something from. I mean, we'll be able to talk about that in the future, but I mean, after all, wasn't Eretz Mitzrayim bad? Was it a bad place to be? Was it in the place that ultimately the Torah says, don't go back to Mitzrayim, that nobody should go there? And you know, the post-scheme talk about it uh, endlessly, what if you have to go for business? You have to go for money, or you have to go for, this, for 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 learning, or whatever, whatever it is. It's always a problem, you know. The the Arizal, the Arizal, who had a uh, had a tremendous impact on the nature of things that are in Israel. Whether you were Chassid or not, or whether you are Kabbalist or not, you probably have heard of the Arizal. The Arizal learned his Torah. He was a Torah scholar who developed in. Egypt, he only spent the end of his days in Svat. He was only there for a couple of years, and he had this tremendous impact of his knowledge and his understanding, cetera, but he got all of that in Egypt, which is an important thing to remember in the continuation of our de- discussion today. Now the Hamek Dabar I'm sorry, Rashi. So, he, so he actually deals with a problem, with a problem that we didn't even notice. It's like, it's like it says, Eretz Bitsraim, Eretz Goshen. Now how do we write How do I write it? If I write a letter, I still remember writing a letter. I once wrote a letter, and on the letter I had to write an address. So if I was writing a letter to my family in Brooklyn, I would write Brooklyn, small, the smaller division, then New York, then USA. Isn't that the way, that's the way I wrote it. I don't know how they do it in Russia, I think it's the opposite. But in, in America, that's how we learn to do it. What does it say here, in the Pasuk? Eretz Betraim, Eretz Goshen. The larger, Eretz Betraim, and then the smaller, Eretz Goshen. What does Rashi, Rashi explain? Be'erets Betraim, he makes the words for and so where in Eretz Vitzrayim was it? It says Eretz Goshen. You couldn't write Goshen first because nobody knew where Goshen was. So you had to write it this way, that Goshen was in Eretz That's what Rashi, Rashi says. Right? achuzah. That it means something you hold on to, a property that you have. That's what an achuzah is. And the word achuzah is used in modern Hebrew. A lot, you know, building companies and, uh, and the building projects... Ahuza, an achuza. You get a, you get a piece of property. So now that's what Rashi says. Now look at this most interesting comment, most interesting comment by the, 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 the Hamek Dabar, Davar the Netziv. The Netziv was the last Rosh Yeshiva in Valojan. Right, last Rosh. He closed Valojin. when it became impossible because the Russian, uh, the Russians insisted that the that the students in Valojan should become Westernized. And that meant uh, learning Russian and learning uh, other things. Uh, you know, there's a story they tell that there, there was uh, there was a kid in the yeshiva who was about tshuva, and um, he knew all the things that Pushkin had written by heart. And every time the government officials would come, they would say, "I'll oh, bring out one of the students, just anyone," and they bring out this kid always who knew Pushkin Baal Peh, and he would declaim it for them, and they were impressed and left and let the yeshiva alone, but eventually eventually they figured it out that it was the same kid every time and they said, you know they insisted that things change, and um, and so he closed the yeshiva, because there was no way that he could continue it and they moved to Warsaw he moved to Warsaw and Rav Chaim, at the end of his days was also in Warsaw. So if you've ever been to uh Poland, which I understand is uh is a boom these days, you know, a great place to go to for some reason or other. Uh they are buried together in the same what do you call that? Oh, okay. The same oh uh, the same there there's like a little a little house built around the two graves. Of these two men who are related to each other, from Chaim Soloveitchik and, uh, the Netsi, Rabbi Natoli Sri Yud Berlin. In the Yeshiva, however, in, uh, in Velodion, uh, he gave a shear in Chumash every morning after, after Tefillah. He gave a shir to the, and, and the Peirush that is printed and called hamek Dagar is the collected Peirush that he gave every morning after, uh, after the tefillah and in, in many ways it's very remarkable he had a very remarkable neck or insight about language literature ideas they were all all there so look at what he says he, he, he relates to this business of Eretz Mitzrayim Eretz Goshen that the pasuk says it was the land of Egypt it was the land of Goshen right he says it should have been the opposite there it's Goshen, there it's Mitzrayim. It should have said, in Goshen, which in turn is in Mitzrayim, right? Like I said, you say Brooklyn, New York, you don't say New York, Brooklyn. So, so he, he feels that that is a point. That there's a point that the Torah wants to make here. What's the point? Ainu. Sheba Eretz Mitzra Sheba Eretz Mitzrayim, Shepevush and, and and it means that it's in the land of Mitzrayim, as Rashi said. the And there's another pasuk which might be similar, right? Might be <coughs> similar or quoted similarly. It says, "In the land where his father's uh, father lived in Eretz Kenan Right? It's called Eretz Kenan here. It's called Eretz Mitzrayim. Ella. So, so according to his his implied question on Rashi, so why couldn't the Torah just say Be'eretz Mitzrayim? Why did you have to say Be'eretz Goshen? Be'eretz Mitzrayim. I mean, that would be clear, someplace in Mitzrayim, I mean, who cares where it was? I mean, why do we have to know, why do we have to know where exactly in Mitzrayim it was that he was living? It, 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 well, there's no point in not sending him a letter, so he says. Listen to what he says. He says, "Elamit shul, the Shivat Yisrael mashma ol When we say that the Yisrael lived, sat, war in Mitzrayim, this refers to two aspects. Two aspects. What are the two aspects? He says, "Beit Kedushot Yisrael." i like so, sorry, yeah, Aleph, skipped I skipped it. Aleph, Yeshivat, uh, gash, yeshivat Gashmit. They <laughs> There's this reference that the Apostle wants to tell us that everybody had a place to live. Everybody had a, had a, had a, a Dira someplace. Someplace everybody had a Dira. And he's, uh, he says, uh, that's Aleph. Bet Kedushat Knesset Yisrael V'Yishuv Klau. There's another aspect to living, and that is the amount of kedushah or sanctity that you could put into the life of the community. Right? On the one hand, the community needs a place. On the other hand, the community has to exhibit a special kind of sanctification, a special kind of force. And that was true in, in, in the tribe. He says, I re-explained the Pasuk. It says in the Pasuk, Israel. Who's Israel? All of the Jewish people at that time. Vayeshem. They all had a place to live. Where did they live? Wherever. They lived here. They lived there. A few of them were in this part of the of the, of the country. Another another group were in that part of the of the, of the country. So he says. Uh, uh, One of the complaints that Paro remember. From a year ago, Paro B, who took the place of Paro A, and he was not such a nice fellow, and he wanted to have something to complain about, he said, he said, they're gonna fill up the whole country. So why are the, why was he concerned that they'd fill up the whole country? Because they actually lived all over. They lived all over the country. And then he says, I thought Baron, he says, Yisrael or Yisrael. Goshen, but the kedusha, the sanctity, the, the spiritual high that Bnei Yisrael presented in Mitzrayim, that was contained mostly in Eretz Goshen, in the land of Goshen. So we read the pasuk according to the tzitz. By Yisrael all of the Jewish people, Be'aretz Mitzrayim. Where? All over. Every place. But, Be'aretz Goshen, there was a special group, like the Rambam says, that the tribe of Levi was excused from working. I bought that it, it's from Chazal, but I called you the Rambam, because the Rambam thinks it's halachically appropriate that that the tribe of Levi did not work in Eretz Mitzrayim. They lived together, and they learned in the Kolel. They learned in the Kolel. the tribe of the tribe of Levi. And so, so the model that the that the that to my mind, the model that the uh, Mitziv presents to us is the model of Eretz Israel. how was it in Eretz Israel? Well, the Jews all over. and they worked and they knew what they knew and they learned what they learned. But the concentration of learning and the concentration of spiritual achievement was always in Yerushalayim. That's where the Sanhedrin was and Lady of the Hachiknes and Agnola. And that's where uh, the Psak came from, Yerushalayim, to the entire country. And we know that there were a lot of people in heretics at the time of the Gemara who were not so learned and were not so aware and the Am This idea that up in the north, though far away from Yerushalayim, there were people who wanted to do the mitzvot of trumot and masroth and tumah but they they just couldn't. So the question of the Gemara was: If you go to visit somebody in the Galil, who and you say, to him, did you take trumot and masroth on this on this fruit of vegetables, and he says yes, can you eat it? Because not because we think that he's lying, but we think he might have made a mistake. I mean, after all, these are complicated halachot. He may not. He may think he's doing it correctly, but he may not. So this was the reality, or part of the reality, in Eretz Israel, where tavidecha chavim tended to be cloistered one around the other. They connected. They they tended to connect to each other, and the uh, and the uh, other people. The other people learned what they were able to learn what they were able to derive and get up you have to remember that even though the the, the Guevara is a, a bunch of very smart people they didn't have Google so the passing on the smart was a problem right education in, in, the, in the simplest level like for the simplest form how do I get this information from here to there that was a problem. That was a problem that they that they had to deal with. I mean, it's not so much discussed in the Gemara, but it's obvious that it that it it, that it existed. So this model that the Netziv has presented to us is Eretz Yisrael. Not only is Yaakov Avino vayeshev; he's not only calm and cool and happy and retired in Eretz Yisrael. But Eretz Mitzrayim, the Jews are living like Eretz Yisrael in the future. There's Eretz Goshen, the spiritual enclave, the people who are devoted entirely to maintaining some high spiritual standard. And then there's the rest of the people who live every place all over the country. All over the country, that's Eretz Mitzrayim. And that's Eretz Goshen. So that's what the Netsi had to tell us. To finish the words of the, of the he says, uh Right, It was all in Eretz Goshen The says that's what it means that they were. It's another shot yep. they could say where the where the targum said that there were schools and and, and uh, academies in Eretz that means all the people were there, and there were also schools and academies. But the diseases no, that's not what it means. All the people were not there. All the academies and the synagogues were there. That's where people had to get spiritual intervention, had to go to Eretz but they might have lived any place. So this is not only a radical... new, a new kind of interpretation. After all, the Nitzib died at the beginning of the 20th century, right? So at the time of (coughs) Makan Torah until the beginning of the 20th century, nobody thought of this. This is like the Nitzib's idea. And it's a good idea, it's an interesting idea but it leaves us with this dilemma It compounds for us the dilemma of Yaakov that, that that this is being set up in Egypt that he couldn't set it up in in Eretz, in Eretz Kena'ah, in Eretz Kena'ah. The next pasuk on the sheet. The next pasuk on the sheet. Reishit Perik Memzayin Pasuk Yud Aleph. Are you still with me? Yeah. So anyway, it says this. B'Yoshev Yosef et Avi et Echabi Tevla Machmuzav Eretz B'tzrayim B'metakha Eretz Eretz Rav says Asher Tzibah Paro. Again. By yosev and David, and Jacob, by You see that word achuzah again. <coughs> Since Yosef was the king, I mean he was the second to the king, but he was a king. Right? That's what Yudah says in the in the beginning of the parasha. Right? Yudah goes and says, "Okay, you're the king." Okay, you're the king means I heard the dream was true. Right? Remember, Yaakov said. Avon are we going to come? Your brothers, me, my, your, your mother, we're all going to come and bow down to you? The answer, of course, is yes. yes. You're going to come and bow down. I mean, and so the, the, the question there, the parasha by Yeshef, was did Yaakov know what he was saying or did he not know? Did he know that the dream was true? But you could say that. You could say that Yaakov knew the dream was true, but he was trying to avoid strife between Yosef and his and his brothers. Here Yosef the king, this never happened to Eretz Kenan. In Eretz Kenan there was never a ruler who was a Jew who guaranteed the yeshuv in Eretz Kenan. It never happened. The where we are. Well, I mean, think of wherever you come from in the world. I mean, imagine a Jewish king. I mean, maybe there was a Jewish book, but, you know, Jewish kings are a little hard to come by. That the Jewish king would protect his brothers, the Jews. This happened in the Israel. This is remarkable to my mind. It's something, somehow the whole thing, it, it's turned around. It turned around. In Eretz Kenaan the Jews, that means yes Yeshua, Yaakov, those associated with them always had difficulty it was always difficult, they were making pacts and, and having difficulty and breaking apart and coming together and yes it's okay and the wells and no wells and water and no water, I mean it was always a problem it was always a problem and here comes Yosef Yosef, he's a Jewish king in a country that is not Kena'an and he grants his family Ahuza. That's really great. I don't know exactly where Eretz says is. says is a, a Egyptian word that they like to use for for kings. In Eretz says, wherever that is, Yosef granted them territory. He gave them a territory. I mean only because he was the king but it's not Goshen doesn't say anything about Goshen it's a further justification for this odd comment of the mitziv that Eretz Mitzrayim was for the people and Eretz Goshen was for the elite for the Torah learners for the spiritual quest that's what happened in, in Eretz Goshen ok one more pasuk one more pasuk so remember, Yaakov had decided that he would go to Mitzrayim as Yosef wanted, and he would take everybody with him. Everybody would go to Mitzrayim. However, it says in the pasuk, Et Yehuda, shalach Fanav el Yosef." He took Yehuda. Right, this was the first time that Yehuda assumed leader, leadership. Right, you remember, Leah had sons, <coughs> Reuven, who lost his Bechorah because he was willing to sell, to, to throw Yosef in the pit and leave him there. He, did a, he went against what should have been. Shimon and Levi lost because they attacked Shechem. Ruben, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda. Right? So that left Yehuda. The first time that Yehuda was a leader, the first time he adept, accepted this leadership role was here. When Ye- uh, Yaakov sent Yehuda to Yosef. And what would he did he send him to do? Lehorot Lefanat. The word Lehorot is the Hebrew word to teach, maybe to Paskin, you could say Le He sent him to teach Yosef, to teach Yosef. Goshna, where did he send them to? He sent them to Ghosha. Yes. How did he know? Where did send him to? send sent to Yosef. Yosef's not in Goshen. Goshna. So Rashi says, L'orot lefanaf kitagumo, L'orot lefanaf lo makom, U'lorot. Hech yityasheba. Kitagumo. L'orot lefanaf. To make a place. L'orot lefanaf. And L'orot. To teach him how they will settle it. Goshna, according to the Nazim, Yaakov said we need a place. What do we need a place for? Yaakov told Yuda, Yuda, make sure that Yosef understands it. Not enough to get us housing. You know, to get us a, a bunch of houses here and a bunch of houses there and we could kind of, we need a place where we can sanctify God's name. In our way. In the way we understand to be the way that we understand correct. And uh Lifanav wrote Goshna to teach him that not not uh, that we need a Goshen according to Rashi We need what has to happen in Goshen, that's what we need. Lifanav Kobim Shiagiya Lisham U Agada <laughs> right? because it doesn't make any sense. Not because it doesn't fit in with the words. But you can imagine like wow, Yaqov is telling Yosef, telling Yehuda, I'm sorry, Yehuda, get there and, and and talk to Yosef and set up a yeshiva right away. So people can come to the Mitzrayim and learn. Did he have a yeshiva in Eretz Kanan? Basically. But the yeshiva of Shein was not Yaakov. It wasn't he himself. But here he says, I'm going to Mitzrayim. Let's set up a yeshiva. Where are we going to set up the yeshiva? Goshda. Who's going to help you do it? Yosef. In other words, again, you have this model that the Nitziv presented to us where Eretz Mitzrayim is the place that people live and Eretz Goshen is the place where people sanctify God's name. Just as, just as Yaakov Avinu, when he left Eretz Yisrael, he came to Beit El, he said, right, he said, this is a special place, but there's nobody there if they left. It wasn't a yeshiva. It was just like a potential yeshiva. It could have been, but there wasn't anybody to put into it. Here, when they went to Mitzrayim, he said Yehuda, and he says, Yehuda, you set up this yeshiva for me. I need the yeshiva. I need the yeshiva. So you have uh, the netziv. The netziv has, has like, he hasn't told us everything, but he either stumbled upon or he knew very well what he would say, that that Eretz Kanaan, Eretz Kanaan, Eretz Kanaan and Eretz Mitzrayim, that, that Eretz Kanaan, what they couldn't do in Eretz Kanaan, what they could only do after they got out of Mitzrayim, was already going to happen in Mitzrayim. and the end of Yaakov Avinu's life, the end of li- Yaakov Avinu's life was going to be wondrous, and that's why the first pasuk of the next parasha starts with the word Vayechi, right? And the, the, that parasha is connected. There's not, there's no, there's no break between the parasha of Vayigash and the parasha of, of Vayechi. There's some smuchot, The parasha, one word comes after the other, and and that means that. It's all explained in the next Pasuk, which is Yaakov. that That's the explanation, that life whatever life means, but we know that what life meant to Yaakov Avinu was Batim, Zera, right, a lot of children a place from which the spiritual concerns could be taught taught to all the Horaot the Psach halacha was available to his uh, to his family and his children and that all happened according to the story I've just told that all happened in Mitzrayim it's a parallel to his life in, uh, in Poland in, Maybe that's in, in where? the Yatsiv's life is exactly like this the Yatsiv's life starts and then the end it, it ends up in disaster <coughs> well I don't know it apparently didn't end up in disaster. It might have ended up in disaster if he would have not closed the issue. Well, but that could be a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Life was difficult. So anyway, I wanted to teach you I wanted to teach you a um, a pre but I can't. I'll tell you why. And in Because unfortunately, it's the wrong pre-zaddik is printed on the sheet. <laughs> I thought that I wrote Aleph, you see. And the person who does this, Rabbi Sachs, he's always perfect. So I never check it. But it was Aleph, and he printed Yud-Aleph. So I must have messed up something along the way. But I'm going to tell you what the pre says. i tell you what the pre says. The pre uh, the has uh Aleph. Oh, if I, I have one or two uh, texts, I can leave them here. You can... But, but what he says, what he says is this. He says that Yaakov life reached perfection in Mitzrayim. He doesn't go through all the proofs that I brought up. That, that's how he summarizes. He says, and that's why the, the parasha begins... With the word Vayichi, Vayichi Yaakov, real life, real juicy life. Everything seemed to come together. That was, that was Yaakov Avinu in the 17 years he spent in Mitzrayim. Yaakov Avinu, 17 years in Mitzrayim. That's the first thing he says. The second thing he says is, is, he wondered, why is it that many great achievements, many great Jewish achievements, happened or took were done in the diaspora. He didn't say that word. He said galut, in the in exile. Why is it? Why is it that the, the Talmud was written outside of Eretz uh, Eretz Israel? Why was it that that the uh, that the, uh, the Talmud uh, Bavli is usually seen as being a much greater achievement than the Yushalmi. Why is it that all the Gaonic works that we depend on very much for halachic information uh, were written in Bavel? Why is it that the uh, system of, <coughs> of law that took place in Bavel? Now we can go through the history of Am Yisrael from the time of the Gaonim until the return of the Jews to Eretz Israel today, this is a history of a people in exile. And it's hard to not to notice that these people produced great things. That these people produced great things. So the pre-tzaddik leads me to think, I mean, he doesn't, now I'm going to tell you what I think he means. And not what, I, what he said. But if he didn't mean it, I mean it. It doesn't matter. I think that what the Pre-Tzaddik is leading us to understand is, and he says also, he says, Torah, Torah was the blueprint for the creation of the world. That's what the Medrash says. Istakel Moraita ubara alma. That God looked into the Torah, meaning this Torah. And from that model, he was able, so to speak, to create the world. So that means that Torah, on some level, Torah on some level belongs to everybody. It belongs to the world. It's the, the book of the world. It's not the book of the Jewish, of the Jewish people. It's the book of the world. And if it's the book of the world, and you're living in a period of time, you know, after Yitzhak the Tribe, when the Jews leave the Tribe, they go to get the Torah, where the only group of people who is willing To accept the Torah, as Chazal said, who went to all the nations of the world and asked them to take the Torah, and they all all refused for some reason or other. But uh, we, we were willing to accept the Torah. He says, we're willing to accept the Torah for ourselves and on behalf of the whole world. Because in order to really understand the Torah, you have to be... You have to be the universal kind of person. You have to be accepting of everybody. And you know that the Rambam. I think I mentioned it before. The Rambam in the uh, censored uh, uh, halacha at the end of Hal- Hil- Hil- Hal- Halachot VeLachem said, explained that that you know how we did it. We, we we gave the Torah to the whole world, the whole world that the Rambam knew about, because uh, Christianity worked for us. I mean, the, the, the Christians rejected paganism through a, of a sort, their rejection, I mean, was of a sort, and accepted one God. Uh, the Muslims rejected pa- paganism. Right before Muhammad, they were all pagans running around in Saudi Arabia, and they rejected that because they were influenced by our devotion to the Torah. Like however you describe that, that the devotion... But the Rambam says it. The Rambam says what well, I'm saying, word for word. That that Am Yisrael was able to spread the the awareness of the truth in the Torah... Because we had assistants. We had uh, Jesus and we had Muhammad. They were our assistants, so to speak. Rambam, mean Don't quote me. Quote the Rambam. They were our assistants in making this world possible, right? It's just that, it's true that today there's another world, right? China and the Far East, there are all those people, we didn't know about those people. But we'll get to that. We will get to them that because that's our function. And that's our function, that even though we receive the Torah uniquely, we're the only ones who receive the Torah, we understand that to a certain, at a certain level, the Torah really should be the inheritance of all everybody should be able to accept the basic understandings of the Torah because the Torah is the root of creation and everybody is part of that everybody is part of that creation should understand that now what was it that prepared Am Yisrael and the world to accept the Torah after a fashion maybe not to accept the Torah when it was given to Bnei Yisrael, but ultimately to be able to find within themselves the strength to say everything we've done up to now, like Avraham right? Paul uh, um, managed to convince endless numbers of people that uh, idolatry was mistaken, and they should substitute idolatry for for idolatry—a belief in a belief in one God. I mean, why was he able to do that? So he was able to do that because Yaakov Avinu did that in Mitzrayim. That Mitzrayim, which was, according to Chazal, a terrible place, a place which was steeped with, uh, with both with idolatry and, uh, and, uh, un uh, unagre- disagreeable sexual, uh, mores. So Mitzrayim, in Mitzrayim, this distinction that was made between life, the physical life that we have and the spiritual life that we have, we saw saw that in the Sukim ultimately made it possible for the Egyptians to accept the Torah how did they accept the Torah? well the pagans, the Egyptian pagans disappeared and in their place came well Arabic speaking Arabic speaking people who live in Egypt that they accepted they accepted uh, the mores of of Islam which is not to say that they don't disagree sometimes about what those mores might be and whether they are nice to each other that may also not be the case but, but nice is a very high level of spiritual achievement. It's not easy for people to really be nice to each other. So Yaakov Avinu Yaakov Avinu was the one who made it possible for the Torah to become the inheritance of all. And so that when Akadish Bofu gave the Torah to B'nai Yisrael, it's true, only B'nai Yisrael accepted the manifold strictures and limitations and obligations. However, the root of Torah, the fact that Torah is about God and creation and the world, that all, that was all something that, that B'nai Yisrael kind of injected into the other world, led by, Avinu, by Yaakov Avinu, who was placed there by Yosef, who was a Jewish, a Jewish king, and who got the Achuzah, and, and, and they became the people of, of Pru oravu, and, and uh, here was Yehuda leading the way to set up a Beit Medrash for Hora'ah, and, uh, and etc., all of that happened in Mitzrayim. All that happened to Mitzrayim in order to prepare the world, actually, because Mitzrayim was the center of the world in those days, right? All the people who needed food for wherever they, they needed the food came to Yosef to ask to uh, to buy whatever whatever they needed. So that the central command of the world was influenced and affected by the Yaakov and his children who set up a uh, uh, households in Mitzrayim and a sanctuary in uh, in Goshen. And this is what the, this is an idea that the pre-Tzaddik uh, uh, says. And therefore it makes sense to the pre-Tzaddik that great Torah achievement can happen outside of Eretz Yisrael as well. And that it's important for the Goyim, it's important for the nations of the world. I don't mean Goyim as a uh, pejorative, I mean. It's important for the nations of the world to see again and again what the achievement of Am Yisrael is. And if you look at it in history, look at history, there's the, there's the Middle East, and North Africa, and Spain, and Germany, and France, and Russia, and Poland, so all of these places. A lot of people live in these places. And they were all looking to see how the Jews managed to achieve what they what they achieved, and this to a certain extent goes on today, when there's like a disparate number of Nobel Prize winners and and winners of other kinds of of contests here in in Eretz Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael today, and the fact that of course uh, there's a tremendous amount of Torah that is being taught and studied and learned in Eretz Yisrael also will eventually have effect effect where they stop talking about other things, they'll get up and say, and hey, look at all these people who are learning Torah, it's really remarkable I mean, who, where do you have in the world such a universal kind of dedication to uh, to Torah values or Torah ideas, or ideals that are not so well accepted in the rest of the world, that's what the pre adds to my mind, and again, if you're interested in seeing it, Vayichi Aleph Vayichi Aleph I had a good show.